All right, welcome back to a bonus conversation roundtable about Apple's WWDC. We're talking about everything business and developers need to know. Joining us again, as always, Bill Detweiler, Amy Talbot, and Connor Forrest. Connor, you covered uh, WWDC and all the news. It was a ton of news. So uh, let's start from the top. What are the, the big headlines and what, what, do, what does business need to know? Like, is, What are the important headlines here? Thanks, Dan. Uh, the important headlines, it depends on how you define the word important. So uh, <laughs> obviously, this is a developer conference. So the updates, the announcements were all kind of geared toward, toward the developer and ecosystem for Apple. So we saw OS updates um, and things like watch OS, Mac OS getting the name change, iOS, things like that. But nothing really earth shattering or really mind-blowing for the enterprise. Um, the, the biggest ones that, that I would pick out would be, uh, you know, there were some updates to uh, the macOS Sierra for a lot of productivity features. So uh, Apple's really tackling how to help you free up space on your hard drive. Uh, they're doing some updates to iCloud Drive to help you kind of instantly access certain uh, files so you can free up even more space. I think the example they gave is they we're able to uh, move from 150 used gigs down to 20 used gigs on a hard drive, which is um, going to be pretty interesting. Uh, the file system itself is going to affect how businesses and enterprise store their files if they're using Apple machines. Uh, so that's really important. That has uh, kind of implications if you're using flash storage uh, and solid state drives because it's geared toward that. It's geared toward storing and managing millions of uh, pieces of data instead of uh, the amount of data that the old HFS plus system was geared toward using. And then of course there's big talks about encryption. So encryption is native in the new file system, Apple file system. Uh, and there were also some announcements about iOS uh, encryption. So developers are going to need to make ATS app transport security um, kind of mandatory for all their apps as of January 1st, 2017, which means that uh, all that does is basically push all the connections, all the traffic to HTTPS connections, uh, kind of encrypting the web traffic uh, de facto instead of allowing the use of HTTP to continue. So uh, that's kind of the biggest news. If you are using uh, the Apple App Store, if you have an iOS app for your business, uh, that is something that your developers need to know. It is something that the people who are building uh, your products for iOS need to be aware of because it has pretty deep implications for the entire ecosystem for, for building applications. All right, Connor, um, that, that is a fascinating update. And really, there are some really uh, important things that developers need to know there. But if I sound low energy, it's just because I was taking a snooze while you were updating. <laughs> it's not you. It's Apple. Uh, on the one hand, a lot of people are making the argument that, well, this is Worldwide Developers Conference. It It's not for consumers. It's for developers. So it's okay for it to be incremental and kind of uh, like our sister site CNET said. On the other hand, Bill, you and I were talking before the podcast today, and uh, Apple has made a really big deal out of these conferences in the last few years, and you kind of can't have your cake and eat it too. Either you have a really big, awesome announcement, or you do a quiet announcement that's made for developers. What do you guys think about the position Apple is in now compared to their like heyday five or so years ago? I mean, I think there's a lot of media hype. There's a lot of high expectations because Apple has done so well. So 
their own success has kind of led to a lot of the hype that people put around these events. I mean, Steve Jobs was an amazing showman, and everyone goes into every Apple event, even a WWDC event, which is, as you said, more low-key, more for developers, but they're looking for that Steve Jobs and one more thing and this big announcement. And Apple ne can't necessarily live up to that. You know, they do about three big events a year. They do one in the early part of the year, one in the fall, and then a WWDC event in the summer. So not every event can be sort of have this earth-shattering product. But so I'll, I'll put some of the blame on just sort of media and kind of Apple's, you know, consumers, uh, their own success there. But Apple also goes out of its way to hype the crap out of these events. I mean, they want the media there. They they book a huge auditorium. They want all the coverage they can get. They put on a two-hour press conference with every Apple executive with tons of demos. I mean, and it was, for anyone that watched it, it was a sprint. Now, it was a sprint you could sleep through, like you said, Dan, but it was a sprint, one thing right after the another coming on. I mean, there was emojis, and then there was watch health stuff, and then there was the accessibility stuff, and then there's Mac OS name change, and then there's this on and on and on. So you can't necessarily as I, I, I blame Apple Apple for just overhyping the events themselves. And when people come in and say, well, look, you told us this was going to be earth shattering and game changing and that we should watch and you were going to wow us. And then when they don't, well, it's kind of their own fault too. You know, uh, you made a, a great point there a moment ago uh, about there's tons of media coverage here. Let's not forget that earned media that's, uh, coverage that you get for uh you know doing an event like this you didn't have to pay for it in advertising that has real value uh in the presidential campaign it's been estimated that donald trump has close to two billion dollars in earned media coverage so it's it's real money here that apple uh gets in terms of free media coverage and so when they don't deliver or when they're incremental upgrades uh it it has a a real impact connor was there anything that like is there a counterpoint to that? Was there anything that like, oh, wait, no, that was pretty awesome. Well, I'd have to definitely agree with Bill in saying that it, it is kind of part on the media and part on Apple to hype this up. But uh, there wasn't anything that really stuck out to me. And so, some of the most interesting things that we're talking about, the keynote especially, were the continuity features. I mean, we do have new security features like auto unlock, which is going to allow Mac users to unlock with their iPhone using Touch ID a universal clipboard, which is going to allow you copy and text audio or image or text from one device and paste to another. So those will be useful for traditional office employees, for, for business people. But in, in the optimizing storage and things like that, they're, they're interesting. Um, but at the same time, they're not wowing. They're not earth shattering. And I was really surprised at how much time Apple spent on things that you know, weren't very important in my opinion. Now you mean, you mean like big emojis, right? So <laughs> and animated text bubbles, let's keep it going. So, <laughs> I mean, I think a huge, I mean, it seemed proportionally long for them to spend the amount of time they did on larger emojis, uh, larger text, text, uh, effects. And I mean, what's interesting is also, these are all things that Google's come out with recently. So Google, we saw whisper shout at IO, um, all the AI stuff in their photos that Apple announced, Google announced that when they announced Google Photos. Uh, and then there's a couple other things that uh, Apple announced in terms of, you know, being these game-changing things that, uh, you know, like, 
with Siri and, and the home automation uh, hub. I mean, that's Google home has both of those things, you know, Amazon and it's Alexa product. It's echo uh, has similar or better AI. We don't we see how they compare just yet, but you know, it seems more to me, more like Apple's playing catch up uh, and trying to push these things forward as, as innovations in the market when a lot of them have been in the market. And when it comes to things like how big your emojis are, I'm not a huge texter, texter, so I personally don't really care, but I don't want to see 20 minutes of a two hour presentation given to how I can add fireworks behind uh, someone making a dinner reservation through text. That's just not that innovative to me. You know, Dan, hey, you, you and I were talking about this too. The AI, you know, factor when it comes to Apple and how it seems like Apple is playing, like Connor said, is playing catch up, especially in this realm of AI and of home automation. I mean, they've got HomeKit, sure. And they showed off, what did they show off? Like you come home and your car knows when you're coming home and it'll open up your garage door. For, but th that's about it. And we, it really seems like Apple is losing out here to Google with just to announce, you know, Google home and to Amazon with that's had an echo product for a year now, over a year now. You know, what's kind of staggering is and I, I want to get to a conversation about what institutionally, this is definitely for business, what institutionally is going on or might be going on at Apple. But what's kind of shocking is that two years ago, they bought Beats for $3 billion and uh, it was this big hyped event. They said it was because of hardware and because of the talent that they got. Uh, and then we've seen nothing in terms of uh hardware products from them. And yet six months after that announcement, Apple came out with, or maybe it was eight months, a year or so, Apple came out uh, with the Echo. And, you know, now we see all kinds of exciting uh, uh, developers. Yeah. We got our, Amazon, got our A yeah. companies mixed up. Right, right, right. That a Amazon came out with the Echo and that there is, you know, all kinds of exciting developer stuff happening around the Echo that isn't happening around any Apple product. I, at the very least, I kind of expected Apple to say, hey, look, we fixed iTunes. This is what's going on with Apple Music and iTunes. We're breaking out the app stores. Or we, we've put Siri and all the deep hooks that developers can have into Siri now. We're also putting that into Beats headphones and we're putting it into uh, the, the, uh, like a new Beats pill or something. And to see nothing from that, guys, I'm really curious about your takeaway is is Apple missing the forest for the trees when it comes to innovation? Uh, are they just intentionally taking a different road? Or is there like, what what weird stuff is going on at Apple that they've missed this innovation curve that's happening? You know, I really don't know. I mean, you you look at the people at Apple and the people that are running Apple and you look at the people that were at the keynote, they're, they're all very smart people. They've been around products. They know how to innovate. And, you know, you and I were talking about this, Dan, before the podcast. I really wondered when I was watching the keynote and I watched the whole thing and which I wouldn't have done if I didn't have to do it for work. There's no way I would have, you know, they would have held my attention for that long like you, but I watched the whole thing. And as I watched people come out and give demo after demo and get really excited about what seemed like fairly trivial feature updates, I was asking myself, are they really that excited? I mean, have they really, has everyone really, you know, is it just become groupthink that they really believe bigger emojis are a, you know, a key selling proposition for the new iPhone or new iOS that, that someone's going to go out 
whether you're a business or a consumer, and you're going to say, yeah, I want to buy this Apple product because it has a, you know, its operating system is going to delete files for me off of my hard drive, or it's going to, the iPhone now is going to do, uh, have better Siri integration or Siri integration into the keyboard. Was it a key selling factor? I, I don't know. I wonder whether they've just, I wonder whether they really believe that, or it was one of those cases where, you know, Tim Cook says, hey, we're doing this two-hour event. Everybody's got to come up with something. You've got 20 minutes to fill. You've got 20 minutes to fill. You've got 20 minutes to fill. And people just went down the list of the features that were kind of ready to show off or on the roadmap, the future roadmap. And they said, eh, okay, we, we've got this one. It's kind of cool. We'll, we'll just lead with that, right? Just, just big emojis. We'll put that. Out. I can't keep, you know, I don't hate to keep harping on it. It sucked. So we'll put, we'll put animated thought bubbles. We'll put this up there. And so you go out there and you got to be really excited about it. So you, you kind of got to sell it. So they're kind of almost overselling a feature that they know is kind of like, eh. So I wonder if there was that going on. Or maybe they really are super excited about that. Maybe they, if they really do believe what's more troubling to me than that is that these people go up there that have experience, that, that know what they're doing, that, that are smart people, but they've so kind of lost their way or they've so gotten, you know, there's so much group thing going on that they really believe that bigger emojis, animated texts, better Siri integration on the head, head on the keyboard is are really sort of key upgrades that people are going to get excited about. And, and that to me spells more trouble for Apple than the, uh, uh, than the former. Yeah. And Amy, I think, uh, go ahead, Connor. I think it's a combination of a couple issues about what's happening at Apple. I mean, if you look at, if we look back into the early two thousands and kind of that astronomical rise Apple had as it uh, kind of redesigned its desktops, um, you know, with the iPhone, uh, with the iPad, things like that. We were kind of primarily concerned with things like the hardware and the user experience, which Apple did almost anyone else in the market, right? Uh, and so now that at, at the same time, you had companies like Google and Amazon who were, had their core products for Google search for Amazon, it's, it's retail and, um, and it's uh, cloud business, but they were also investing a ton in things that weren't directly related to hardware or directly related to uh, UI and UX. And now as kind of the, the playing fields leveled with device design, I mean, look at all the top Android phones, they all kind of look just like an iPhone, vice versa, you know, look at uh, Android N and iOS 10, you know, there's a lot more similarities there than there have been in a long time. Uh, the, the, you can't really play, you can't really kind of push uh, based only on hardware and software anymore. You have to kind of have those innovations. I mean, we're seeing a convergence of things like AI, um, the, the, the speech recognition, uh, the even in some cases, gesture recognition. And those are things that been investing in for a long time. And now they're becoming a part of this mobile experience and the desktop experience. Uh, and Apple, it almost seems like they're still trying to rest on the laurels of their their design expertise uh, and their ability to build a beautiful user experience with good looking hardware. And don't get me wrong, they have beautiful hardware. They have a great user experience. You know, the iPhone's a great product to use. Um, but more and more, I think we're moving toward that, that voice input that uh, deeper AI integration with things like photos and your text and the way you're using your device. And it seems like, at, at least from where I'm standing, Apple hasn't made that investment or they're really late to making that investment. Uh, and they're uh, still trying to rest on what they use to kind of build that brand. I mean, iPhone sales dipped for the first time we saw, um, was it earlier this year or the, the, the quarter previous, yeah. um, you know, that their, their, 
they're for the first time ever in decline. And I think that's reflective of the market as a whole and that uh, people aren't just looking for a device that looks good and operates well. They're also looking for uh, devices that have innovation in the way that they operate and the way that the user interacts with them uh, and the way that they generally interact with the world around them. Yeah, you know, also coupled with that is all of the rumors flooding out of China that the next iPhone will be, again, an incremental hardware upgrade and that it's really 2017's model, the 10-year the anniversary model that will be the, the game changer and that that iPhone kind of will be in parity with what Samsung released this year. Um, Amy, I'm curious about you as an Apple consumer, you know, you're not on the like bleeding edge of like, we've got to follow everything Apple, but you're an Apple user. So what were your takeaways from WWDC? Um, well, I, this is probably, uh, might be an unpopular opinion, but you know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, why do we have to be excited? Um, I, I still, uh, I have my, my iPhone five and that, you know, that works fine for me. I'm, I'm okay with my, my tech being boring. It works. Um, it looks good, you know? So, um, so, so beyond that, you know, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of, a whole lot of takeaways from that other than, you know, why does it have to be exciting? (laughs) You know, that's, that's a great question uh, for business and for consumers. Why does it have to be exciting? You know, I, I think it depends on, a lot of it depends on how much hype you want and how much your sales depend on that hype, right? You know, as, again, this is WWDC, but they're doing updates here to a lot of products. And how much does Apple want its sales to be driven by that kind of hype? Like, like Amy said, she's got an iPhone five. Like Amy's not going to go out and buy a brand new iPhone until she sees something that is exciting until Apple makes a compelling enough case. Hey, you need to upgrade. And, you know, as Connor was talking about with sales numbers, when it comes to the iPhone, you know, that's, you know, and they dip for the first time, then there's the, you know, there's where it comes, there's where it matters. There's where the rubber meets the road is like, did they dip because Apple just hasn't released anything exciting? Um, you know, you can't, Apple's in the hits business. Yep. Just like Sony was in the hits business with the, with the Walkman, right? Sony had a hit and then hasn't really had many hits since then. That- Apple had a hit with the iPhone, had a hit, a little smaller hit with the iPad, had a hit with the redesigned Mac, the Mac Air and the laptops. But, you know, Apple TV, eh, middle of the road. You know, and if you're in the hits business, you got to keep the hits on. You got to keep the hits coming. Yeah, it's it is like the thing that concerns me. I, there's a few takes on this. Um, one could be that Apple is very smart and they do see that the industry has changed, and they say, "Well, double down on slower incremental upgrades and." Uh, we are investing in China, which is where we are going to continue. It's like the Beatles saying, ah, we're done in North America. We're going to go to tour China now. Uh, like, how okay. many, Speaking of that, Dan, how, how many times did you hear China mentioned in the keynote? It, yeah, exactly. Or, I heard it mentioned more than any other keynote exactly. I've heard before. And they went out of the way to show how you could use Chinese characters. Yep. And that's the new scribble feature. I was like, oh, okay, come on. You can really clearly see how yep. Apple – 
you know, they've had a few unfavorable rulings uh, about some of their products being sold in China. And so you can really see them kind of pivoting yeah. to Asia. So, right. I can see them saying, you know, look, it's not like we're abandoning the North American market, but, but look, guys, this, this hit record is not for you anymore. We are transitioning so that our hit records play well in a different market. That's fair enough. However, uh, the counter to that, and this is probably the cynical journalist in me talking, is that um, you, you, can't, you can't say I'm coming out with a hit record and do the hype. You can't do the hype machine and then come out with a bunch of singles. You know, to mix our metaphors, I'll, I'll switch to sports here. But, right, it's, it's like if Barry Bonds uh, started hitting, started bunting or hitting a bunch of, like, singles like that's that's fine man but you're barry bonds i better see a home run or i'm not going to come watch you play right or you know it's it is a company that has built their brand in the last decade on being exciting and if they are going to double down on excitement and not deliver it sends a mixed message to business and consumers i think the the message to business may be watch what apple does and watch what they've done in the past and maybe use this as a warning sign for groupthink because it could be bill what you said a moment ago also about you know is it is it that these guys are like they know it's kind of bs but they're they're coming out and trying to hype something well that should be something we could learn from don't do that or do they really believe that what they're doing is super important and exciting and if that's the case my goodness Watch out. Warning flags. Red. That is a big red flag uh, to be careful about what Apple is doing and maybe use that to look at your own institution, your own company and say, you know, are, is my leadership making smart strategic decisions and just selling a marketing message or has my leadership kind of lost track, uh, lost sight of, of where we're going? And uh, I, I'm actually I'm very curious about what our readers and listeners think about this, because it is. We're going to see a lot of changes in Apple in the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, if that 2017's iPhone isn't a hit and if they don't buy Tesla or do something else that's in their big, like, we got to have a hit repertoire, then we may see Apple become a, a company that focuses on, on China and is niche and kind of an underdog here. Right. And I mean, but, you know, kind of another devil's advocate question is, what if they're not trying to be exciting to consumers right now. So, you know, I think another potential is that uh, Apple could be kind of slowing down its consumer hype machine in order to build its its B2B business and kind of target the enterprise. I mean, if you look at kind of some of their recent announcements, we saw the SAP partnership, they're targeting big data for some iOS apps. Um, you know, they, they kind of made a name for themselves among businesses in the enterprise with, with their encryption. I mean, the iPhone, the iPad, last numbers I checked, were still doing fairly well uh, in enterprise sales. And maybe they're just kind of slowing down on the, the hype machine to make sure that their infrastructure and uh, as noted, their encryption and the way they manage files are kind of built up enough uh, in a way to make it enticing to businesses and, and organizations in the enterprise. I mean, do you think that's a possibility? That's a that's actually a great place to leave it uh, and a good question for uh, the audience. You know, is Apple doomed or has the hype machine just shifted into uh, sustain and enterprise mode? So we'd, we'd love to know what you think. 
Uh, you can find this podcast and make a comment on it. Uh, let us hear your voice at techrepublic.com. Uh, Bill, Amy, and Connor, thanks a ton for the great thoughts today. My name is Dan Patterson. This is Tech Republic's Business Technology Weekly. We want to hear from you. Is Apple doomed? 